today I'm lucky enough to be talking to Sarah Miller, who is the founder performance coach at Founder Haven, which is a company that she created herself. Um, it helps guide female founders to becoming more successful leaders. So Sarah, you're an entrepreneur and a psychologist, which is a really cool, interesting combo. Um, how did that come together? Oh, uh, okay. Let me think about how did that come together. <laughs> I, I don't know that I was always entrepreneurial, but I, um, my journey to becoming a psychologist was kind of a, an interesting one, but I ended up working um, eventually at the Department of Veterans Affairs, and I had worked there for several years and in a variety of different roles. I was a clinician, I worked with aging veterans, I worked with homebound veterans, I worked in primary care units, I worked as a health psychologist, so helping people that had chronic health conditions, and, at this, and then I worked in like an administrative role, and I was training people all over the country in different uh, mental health practices and things like that, and concurrently, my, in my personal life, my husband actually um, who used to be a professor at the University of Southern California. Um, he, along with a, a fellow, a colleague of his, had, a, um, had some things that actually ended up turning into a startup of their own. And it was, they didn't really go looking to have a startup, but they ended up in that world. And so I was kind of living alongside that. And I think I just got so exposed to an entrepreneurial way of life I started to want it. So when you're living next to somebody who's living the startup life, your life can suddenly look like it's standing still. And this is not throwing any sort of shade for working as a government mm -hmm. employee or working with the Department of Veterans Affairs. I loved my time there. But suddenly I was exposed to this world where everything could move so fast. And I was so attracted to that because – in larger government institutions, things notoriously can kind of move a little slow. They can be very innovative in a lot of ways, but they can also move a little bit slowly. And so I had this moment where I said, that's it. I, I want to start my own business. So I, I left the Department of Veterans Affairs in 2016 um, with mixed emotions and uh, started my own therapy practice. So I was working purely as a, a therapist. Um, and working primarily with women, I think it was an interesting time, um, just politically speaking, like Trump had just gotten reelected and, and, or, or elected, not reelected, but just elected. And there was this kind of this like mood in the air, I think, of just helping lots of different, you know, people that felt, um, not as comfortable in the world. Maybe that's the way to put it. And so I decided I wanted to work with women, and then I honed that down eventually into just working with women in tech um, for lots of reasons. And then that's kind of morphed over time into doing a lot of coaching with, with leaders, and now I work just purely with, with founders um, and women founders. So it's, it's been a journey for sure. Yeah, so what's it like being the founder and CEO of your own company? Um, I adore it. <laughs> I Good. would not want it any other way. So I think you'll hear this from a lot of people who are entrepreneurs. Is that, In fact, there's this famous quote, and I, I'm sorry, I can't remember who said it, but there's, 
Somebody said this quote, that entrepreneurs are the only people who will work 80 hours a week so that they don't have to work 40. And I think that's amazingly true, (laughs) amazingly accurate, that I think being an entrepreneur is, um, it very much can just take over your life. I mean, I I feel like I set pretty good boundaries, but um, I mean, it's definitely on my mind almost all the time it's there in the back of my mind, like I'm thinking about it, because your business can become such a reflection of who you are. And it's almost like raising a child in another way, in another way. So I I think it's, it's an amazing thing that you will dedicate your life to just so that you never have to go back and work for any anybody else. Because suddenly when you enter in this world where you have freedom and flexibility, you know, like I made a vow to myself at one point. I was like, I will never ask somebody for a vacation day ever again. It's completely up to me. <laughs> yeah. I get to determine my hours. I get to determine my schedule. I get to determine how much vacation I take or right. don't take. I get to determine all of that. And so it's 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 100% the life I want. Yeah, I mean, it's great to to kind of make your own schedule, take a vacation when you want it. Yes. Yes. I mean, <laughs> which has been enormously helpful throughout the course of COVID. Right. Because, like, I I actually have three small children. And so it's been an amazing thing to have your own business during COVID when you have kids because I could just be more flexible. Like, I, I don't – I actually don't know how we would have done it had I had a – a more standard job. I just don't know how we would. I mean, I know our families are doing it, and I my hat's off to them. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. Yeah. And I know you're also a podcaster. Um, I'm certainly an amateur, so do you have any tips for me? <laughs> um, okay. So this is probably where my own imposter syndrome comes in. Um, the person that connected us, she's like, oh, I want to introduce you to a fellow podcaster. And I was like, okay, imposter syndrome activated. <laughs> you even no, me, I'm like, I'm not a, I'm not a podcaster. <laughs> yeah, no, not me. I, when I started um, Founder Haven, because um, my, my previous therapy business was under a different name, and then, which I still have it, but then this is my second business, just purely coaching. And um, I was really just trying to think of ways to connect more with my audience, basically, with, with the people that I want to work with. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start having conversations with people because really isn't my goal overall that I just want to meet and work with interesting people. Yes, that is my goal. So I'm like, I'm just going to start seeing who will talk to me. And so I had this idea of, like, I'm just going to have 100 conversations with 100 female founders over the next year. And, um, and so that was, that was my goal. <laughs> so, um, and then as it kind of kept happening, like, there was this one woman. She was very, very kind. And um, it was like I got I – had, I had emailed her – and and I told her, I was like, oh, I might write a book at some point. And so I was just wondering if we could have a conversation. You know, I just would like to, to learn more about you. And, you know, and I'll record it and things like that. And then I got on for my interview with her. And she was very – she seemed kind of blindsided by what I was doing. She was like, wait, is this a podcast? Is it a conversation or a recording? And I was like, 
you're right. You should be confused. Why am I not calling this a podcast? It's totally a podcast. <laughs> and so that was my, so that's how strong my imposter syndrome was, I guess. I was like, I'm not a podcaster. I'm just talking to people. Um, and then, um, so then after that, I started calling it a podcast and recruiting, I think, more appropriately um, because I named it. But um, I'm in very early stages as well, Taylor. Um, and so any advice I would have, I think the only advice I would have is to not be afraid to make mistakes. I mean, that sounds kind of cliche, but one thing that I feel like has allowed me to really go forth is I feel very okay when things don't go as I expect. I'm like, yep, on to the next yep, that was a great conversation, or mm, I didn't do as well in that one. Okay, I'm learning. I'm going to mm-hmm. keep going. So I think I think that would be my biggest advice is, you know, we can look at all of the people who are really great at interviewing people, and it can be really easy to turn that back on yourself and say, oh, my gosh, I completely suck. I don't know how to ask good questions. Um but it's it's hard to remember that all of those people started off not knowing what they were doing either. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for the advice. I will make more mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um now I also was wondering what your favorite thing about your industry is. The favorite thing about so it's interesting. I was thinking about this last night and I was actually saying something to my husband about it. And I said, I don't know what I'm going to tell her about like my favorite or least favorite things about my industry. And he goes, that's because you're still thinking of yourself just as a psychologist. And I was like, Oh, so what yeah. am I? And I, and I think um, it depends on what hat I have on. Like if I'm thinking of myself as a psychologist or if I'm thinking of myself as an entrepreneur, So I'll give you tiny tidbits of each. My favorite thing of being a psychologist is that it's one of the most malleable sort of professions I can think of. Um, Like, it has applications just about everywhere. So, like, you could get training in psychology and you could decide you wanted to work in criminal justice. You could decide you wanted to be a podcaster. You could decide you want to work in a hospital setting. You could decide you want to work in Hollywood. Like there are a lot of psychologists. I live in Los Angeles. There's a lot of psychologists who work in Hollywood and do consulting for shows and um, things like that. I mean, the possibilities I feel like with um, in psychology are just so wide ranging. And I think that's my favorite. If I'm putting on my hat as an entrepreneur, my absolute favorite thing is that I'm in charge. I'm in charge. (laughs) Like I was saying earlier, like I'm in charge of my life. I'm in charge of my schedule. I have freedom. I have flexibility. And I have an amazing sense of balance in my life, I think, because of that freedom and flexibility. And I'm incredibly grateful for it. How about your least favorite thing about your industry? Because that all sounds great. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So my least favorite thing as a psychologist, my least favorite thing is it is a highly regulated field. No, I take that back. Let me set that back. 
it is highly regulated in some ways and completely unregulated in other ways. Okay. And that I don't like. So it's highly regulated in the sense of, like, I have to be licensed by, well, I'm licensed in the state of California, and the state of California um, makes a lot of rules, and some of them are great, and and maybe I should just say they're all great, whoever listens to this. <laughs> they're all fine. All the rules are fine. Um, no, but there's a lot of struggles around things with licensure. So, like, um, for example, I've my practice has always been virtual. So I've whenever I started my own private practice, I never had an office. I always just met virtually with my clients. And each state has a lot of regulations pertaining to that. Like, so, for example, the state of California is really strict. And even if I have a client that goes on vacation, I'm technically not supposed to talk to them if they cross state lines. So, like, mm -hmm. that uh, seems silly in this day and age. Um, and then just things like, um, for example, I, you have to go through a lot of years of training to become, uh, a, like, a clinical psychologist. And... The crazy thing is you have to maintain your licensure. You have to go through all of these hoops to get to that end point. And then I could get out and I could do anything I wanted with clients. Like it's an ugly truth they think about our field is that once a mental health professional gets licensed, they can practice kind of however they want. So like when you go to a medical doctor, you can go to them and you kind of know like, hey, I have – insert name of ailment here, and you mm -hmm. expect that that medical doctor is going to give you the best available treatment for that thing. In the mental health field, you have a lot of leeway. Mm -hmm. You could go to somebody who gives you the treatment that has the most research behind it, the most evidence to support it, or you could go to somebody who wants to give you essential oils and crystals and not to mm -hmm. knock essential oils and crystals, there just might not be any data to back it up. Mm -hmm. And, like, nobody says that you can or cannot do that. Does that make sense? And so yeah. it's hard for the consumer. It's a, very, it's, a, it's a place where it's very hard for the consumer to know whether or not what they are getting is, is useful or not. Yeah, for so sure. So that's my biggest frustration. So I was on a big soapbox on that. My least favorite thing about being an entrepreneur uh, instability of income, because <laughs> uh, that waxes yeah. and wanes. Um, sometimes you do really well, and other times you have dry spells. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, we're all raised kind of knowing what's expected of us. So, for example, we go through life coming up through school where you're always taught whatever the next hoop is that you have to jump through. And you always know what your next goal is. It's laid out for you. You need to get to the next grade. You need to pass the test. You need to get your degree. You need to get the job. Now you need to advance to the next position, right? There's something that's always kind of laid out for you. As an entrepreneur, you have to figure all of that out. Nobody's telling you what to do. It's completely up to you, and that's hard. I like it, but it's also really hard. Right, right. Do you have any advice for your 22-year-old self? <laughs> um, 
I was going to say anything to my 22-year-old self, I would probably say don't be so hard on yourself. Mm-hmm. Probably the one number one thing I would say. I think most people have some sort of inner critic that tends to be pretty harsh. Everybody has their own flavor or variety of this inner critic. But mm-hmm. um, I think if there's one thing that I could say that gets in people's way the most, it's probably that inner critic, that inner voice, that doubt of, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. Is this the wrong thing? There's something wrong with me, that sort of thing. I would probably tell my 22-year-old self, don't be so hard on yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great advice. So thank you so much for talking to me today. Um, I learned so much about what you do. I think it is so cool that you're so in love with owning your own company, and it sounds great, and I really appreciate your time and you talking to me. You are most welcome, Taylor.